Do you want your child to feel engaged, respected, and allowed to express themselves, showing off their natural gifts? Did you grow up in a home environment that fostered those things for you? What are you doing in your home to create this kind of space for your child? Let's explore some ways in which the setup of the rooms of your home can support natural development of gross and fine motor skills and promote concentration, independence, and self-expression. I'm Megan Iskander. And I'm Kate Mulliken. And this is Raising Reciprocity, where we believe raising children is a form of activism. Hello, thank you for joining us today. Today we will be continuing our Prepared Home series. So we've been making a series of episodes that are focused on preparing each room of your home in order to support your child's development, as well as just a nice peaceful rhythm to your family's routine. We find that the more prepared the home is, the more calm our nervous system is, and the more empowered your child is because they are active participants. They are actively participating in, you know, whatever activities you have set up for them, but also in caring for the environment and caring for themselves and for caring for the other people that live in your household. So, We really feel like this is a stepping stone to empowerment for them in society as they grow up and they have already had this sense instilled in them that they have the power to be active participants in their environments. They can be empowered by the choices that they make in their environment, by the activities that they choose. They can be aware of what the needs are for themselves as well as for the other people that they're sharing their space with. And they can learn to advocate for their needs of themselves, as well as understand that not everyone has the same needs. And sometimes we have to compromise a bit in order to help everyone get their needs met. So without further ado, let's get started with our room for today. Today, we are going to focus on the bathroom. So just a reminder that when we're looking at how to prepare a room for our child's independence and their development, then we're going to look at what activities do we do here and what in what way can we set up the environment and systems to support our child in accessing those activities as well as being independent with those activities. And then finally, how can we support our child in helping with the care of the environment of that particular room? So what activities come to mind first for you, Kate, when we're thinking about the bathroom? All right. So I'm picturing the sink. I'll start there. I'm thinking about hand washing. It's a big one lately. And the things that come to mind, depending on the age of the child, can they reach the sink? Can they manage the um, knobs that get the water running? Um, The faucet, is it such that where the water shoots out, can your child reach and get their hands under the water? Um, So those are the types of things that come to mind. So remember, I work with toddlers, and so I'm I'm thinking about little bodies. Not such a big problem when you have 
you know, elementary or teens that you're living with, right? But other things, the hot water, is it so hot that it could scold a child who was in there independently washing? And could you manage that in a way that would avoid that, right? So those are the things I'm thinking about around the sink first, uh, like the functionality of it. So there are tools such as a faucet extender um, that helps the... um, the water shoot out further into the sink so that your child doesn't have to have such long arms to reach. You could buy one. You could make one. Use duct tape. There's also like maybe your sink turns on and off with a handle that lifts or lowers. Can the child reach it? If not, maybe you could, you know, tape a bar or a piece of wood to it for a while and that would allow them to be able to do it themselves. Do they need a stool, a step stool there? Those things come to mind around the sink. I'm also thinking about soap. Watch, can they get the soap out themselves? Is there the push feature on the liquid soap? Can they manage it? Or does the soap bottle constantly like collapse and twist under them? Maybe switch to a bar soap. You know, so those are some things around hand washing. Next at the sink, I'm thinking about teeth brushing. (laughs) And how's that set up for your kiddo? And maybe they are at an age where that's not really their work yet. Maybe that's your work. But you can then start to figure out ways that they could collaborate with you. So maybe that collaboration is they get to pick out their toothbrush color. Maybe the collaboration is they get to help open the cap on the toothpaste or squeeze it or maybe they get to put the toothbrush in their mouth first and then it's your work after that then you get a turn to brush what am I missing around hand washing or tooth brushing a couple of things that came to my mind were a mirror so Mm. uh, like in our house the medicine cabinet mirror is too high above the sink for even if my child's standing on the steps or was he can totally see into it now um but you know was standing on the step stool still couldn't see his face so we put a mirror below it so that he could see his face there and then also this is not something at home we have a lowered towel rack so that he could reach the towel also. But at school, we just use small washcloths, like the baby washcloths. We use those like paper towels, basically. So we just like, they're kind of single use. They use it to dry their hands and then they go into a basket that gets washed, as our families know, that help us with laundry. Thank you. So, or you can like take a big towel and cut it into smaller pieces so that they have the individual drying cloths. That sounds so tedious and ridiculous until you've had pinworm going around. And then you're like, yeah, that sounds like a really good idea. Because (laughs) when that's going around, you don't want to be using the same towel with your whole family all day, every day for like a week you know, and then just replacing that one hand towel. So, I mean, we still do that sometimes, but just so you know, it's something to consider if you are trying to keep those germs down while your kids are little and in lots of places, then those kinds of things are pretty easy to make. I mean, you can literally just cut up an old towel and just create several drying cloths for your child to use as single use and then put a basket there where they can put it in. You just wash them all and like put them back the next day or next week or however often you're doing it. I think that's pretty much it. I mean, just being able to access the tooth. I mean, if your child 
maybe is very young, you wouldn't want them to get to the toothpaste. But once they're old enough to manage those things, like you can have a basket where they can just reach the whole thing and bring it over to when they're ready to brush their teeth or any like the comb and for their hair or any of that kind of stuff. They just need to be able to access it really easily, know where to put it back. And then, of course, have a mirror that they can can see in and ideally a mirror where they can see themselves from the floor up as well. One above the sink is nice so that they can see when they're brushing their teeth and things, but then also a full length mirror that starts at the floor so that if they're standing in front of it, even as a very small toddler, they can see their entire body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm thinking too about my children who are now elementary and middle school age at my home and the ways that they might use the sink at this point and the fact that bath the bathroom is shared by multiple people in the house as you know the older one was getting to a point where she wanted and slash needed to be washing her face more regularly and she got her own basket that lives in a drawer but she can like lift that basket out of the drawer set it on the counter and it's got some um, small towels and you know face wash so that it was organized for her there and then over time you know as doing hair and makeup and things like that become of a greater interest and need for her. Then it, then it's like, okay, well, there's multiple people who need this bathroom. So how do we arrange this in a way that either you can do this very efficiently here, or we set this up in another space in the house, her room, right? So over time, that conversation around the multiple needs that exist and how you share the space become important. But for now, like there's a drawer For my younger daughter, where it's like the hairbrush and the various supplies for her hair, like she has access to that right there where she's at the mirror and can see and be independent with those things, you know, partially because she wants to be right. She's of that age. So Mm -hmm. another thing that just came to mind with the full length mirror, um, they do like sell the really expensive shatterproof ones that you can purchase when your child's small if you're worried about them like pulling on the mirror. But another affordable hack is that you can just duct tape the back of like a cheap mirror, you know, like full length mirror. And with that, that would be like if the if they were to pull it or if it would f- to fall and break, it would stick to the duct tape instead of shattering all over the floor. So that was something that I remember doing when the kids were little. That was like a hack I learned from another Montessorian. So can keep that in mind if the funds are are tight. Yep. And, and the full-length mirror, if you're able to set it up in a spot where the child can do dressing and undressing, it's helpful. They get to, you know, watch fully that process. So keeping that in mind, too, if you're, if you're setting that up, maybe there's a spot in the hallway outside of the bathroom if you can't put that right in the bathroom, or maybe it's in their bedroom, right, depending on your situation. But that having that mirror is extremely important. If you've ever watched new um, speakers, they'll head to that mirror and or even even before they're talking, you know, they want to interact with their reflection. And that's actually great for their self-esteem. They get to get that feedback. Yeah. I guess the next thing we could move to is the bathtub um, and just bathing in general. So again, if you can install a low hook or a low towel rack where your child's towel can be so that they can access it independently, that would be another modification that you could use for them when they're really little. And then as far as like bathing, I mean, obviously they're 
you can't just teach them <laughs> to take baths by themselves when they're really little. But um, we, you can like show them how to like help put like bubble bath in, or you know where to store their toys if they have bath toys. I'm having a basket where they can like put them at the end of the bath and get them out at the beginning of the bath. You know things like that. Again, you're just setting up systems. So like whatever you are, what is whatever your process is with your child for taking baths, or you know your nighttime routine with brushing teeth or toileting all of it is just thinking of how all the steps that you go through and then like what modifications can you make to those steps so that your child can be included so if they're taking off their clothes before they get in the bath where are they putting their clothes is it someplace that they can do it independently or do they have to give them to you or do you not even think about it and you just come and clean up everything afterwards so like really having them participate so that they pick up their clothes and like maybe there's a little hamper that you set up so that they know exactly oh I take my clothes I put them there and then I get to help put the stuff in the bath and then I put the toys in the bath and then I take a bath and then I get out and then here's my towel and now I'm all dry and then we go to my room and I get dressed or whatever it is so you're just trying to help them participate in each one of those steps what else comes to mind for you Kate Uh, safety comes to mind for me the bathroom is often a place where um, you know, medications might be stored or cleaning supplies or even things like, yeah, razors, nail polish, right? So paying attention to where those things are, of course, is an important step. Certainly there's lots of ways you could latch down or tie off cabinets or drawers so that the child can't open them. So yeah, keeping that in mind and, and getting everybody in the household on board with the importance of using whatever tool you've put in place to keep the youngest children safe from those various things that they could get into that would be troubling. Yeah, very important. So next, let's move to the toilet. Most obvious thing. Well, maybe not. (laughs) I think it is. So obviously you want to have your child be able to get up and sit on the toilet by themselves. So that can include a like custom made step stool that has rails to help them get up there. You can install like a handicap rail on the wall next to the toilet so that you just have like a little step stool on the floor. But the child has something to hold on to as they step up and turn around to sit down. Can they reach the toilet paper? Do they know how much toilet paper to get? So you can set it up so that you only put enough toilet paper out for them to use, or you can show them how to tear off a certain amount. We recommend either like laying it across your lap and tearing it at the roll, or maybe letting it go down until it almost touches the ground, and then tearing it off at the roll. If they can't reach where the toilet paper is, they have... You know, if you go to Ikea or I'm sure you could find it online, they have like, what are they called? Like alone standing. They just stand alone. Mm. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> There's a word for it. Um, I can't find it right now. Freestanding. Freestanding. Thank you. There's freestanding rules that you can like have closer to the toilet. So we in one of our bathrooms at school, we use one of those because the, it's just too far for them to reach the wall, even though it's like pretty close to them. What other things are come to mind for you, Kate? Yeah. Well, for I'm thinking of the littlest children, you want to have it set up such that they their feet can be touching the stool when they turn and sit on the toilet. And did you mention the toilet insert, right? So that the actual oh, hole I, of the toilet I seat couldn't. is not so big, right? So there's these inserts you can buy that the child or you can like, you know, put up and down. That way the adult can comfortably sit on the toilet and so can a small child 
who obviously has a body that's way tinier and they don't want to feel like they're falling. So keep those things in mind. Um, Another, I'll add on that the inserts, so they have the toilet seats that have um, the insert as part of the seat that you can install on your toilet. If you buy a toilet insert that, you know, you can take on and off, then they can also help with that. You want to make sure that it's easy to clean so that it doesn't have a bunch of nooks and crannies that are hard to get to because um, they'll get pee and stuff in them. And then that's just hard to manage. And then also you can install a little hook on the wall where the child can hang or you if you're like coming and that thing is on the toilet and you're trying to use a toilet. It's nice to have somewhere to put that insert so that it's not just sitting there or you put it on the floor and then whatever. So just thinking through those kinds of processes will help everyone know exactly what to do. Right. Depending on the size of your bathroom, uh, you might want to go the route of a floor potty seat for your youngest child. Um, There's pros and cons to that for sure. So yes, their feet can usually touch the floor and they can maneuver that without having to climb a, a stool. The flip side is once they get used to the potty seat, then you have to later on teach them how to use the toilet and they still are going to need access to be able to sit at the height of a toilet, right? So pros and cons, but um, keep that in mind that that might be a route you want to go if if for some reason your child seems to be expressing some sort of fear about sitting on a toilet that's real big and makes a crazy sound when it flushes, right? So you can think on that. Another thing to consider is if your child is in a stage where they might still, you know, wet their pants sometimes, um, whether that's like overnight or just they have an accident in the middle of the day, uh, what do they do with their soiled clothes if they go into the bathroom? Um, Are there new underwear or clothes in the bathroom or do they need to go to their bedroom to get those? What are they going to do with the soiled clothes? How do they clean themselves? I mean, maybe you have a way for them to get a washcloth wet and put some soap on it or maybe you have wipes that are available and you show them how that those are disposed in the toilet or in the trash can, not the toilet. They're disposed (laughs) of in the trash can. So again, it's like, what is your system around this and help them be independent with it so that they can know what to do. Oh, I had an accident. I peed in my pants. I know exactly what to do. I'm going to go. I'm going to finish. I'm going to take off these wet clothes. I'm going to finish putting whatever pee I have in my body in the toilet. I'm going to clean myself up. I'm going to put these soiled clothing pieces away, and then I'm going to get fresh clothes. So walking Mm -hmm. through those systems with yourself and your child and your whoever else, your partner or the other parent really makes those kind of what could be a very stressful situation. Just another thing that we do. Yeah, for sure. Which to most of us grownups, you say like, ugh, I got to clean the bathroom. But, you know, if you start early with your youngest children and have them start taking care of that environment, and we'll talk about some ways how, that participation in care of and cleaning of the environment, you know, it can just become the norm, right? And it doesn't have to be that big of a deal. So let's see, for, you know, very young children, what I see happen and coach toddlers on is after they've washed their hands and drips have happened either on the countertop or even the step stool, we'll talk about how to wipe it dry so that it's prepared and ready for the next person who comes. And 
it's really great to see how much pride they take. Um, and sometimes they'll even know like, oh, I'm getting it ready for and they'll name the name of who's coming next. And it does you know, you can see a sense of pride in that, which is pretty fun. And then, you know, moving on, wiping down the whole counter. That's the job that my nine-year-old does. And there's the little bath mat that we have. One of her jobs is to take it and shake it out. Whereas my 13-year-old, you know, she's actually using some cleaner and scrubbing out the toilet or sanitizing the sink um, and she's taller, so often she's the one who wipes down the mirror, right? So you can adjust, certainly, according to what is age-appropriate for the task at hand. But don't be shy about having your child participate in that, right? Let them know that that toilet paper roll doesn't magically appear. <laughs> they can participate in taking off the old one and putting on the new one. Just think how happy you're going to make their future like college housemate, right? Like that they know how to do these things. <laughs> and and also they'll likely be an adult who's, you know, more assertive about like, hey, these are just things that need to get done. So let's make a system. <laughs> let's make a plan for how this stuff gets done when they're adults and sharing spaces. Mm-hmm. Watching the mirrors is a favorite in the classroom as well as at home for, especially if you can provide like a squeegee. So they can, you can do like a water vinegar mix, they spray and then wipe or it with the squeegee and then they can wipe that. So that's an easy thing, especially if you have that low full length mirror, that's something easy that they can clean. And also a fun thing is if you are cleaning, not you, well, you can clean it or you can be showing your child how to clean it. Uh, the toilet, if you get one of the, like a sprinkling can, like a Parmesan cheese kind of sprinkle can and put baking soda in that. And then you can sprinkle that in the toilet and then have like a squirt bottle of vinegar. Okay. And I just have that like in the bathroom set, like I would, you know, any other cleaning spray and then that's how my son cleans the toilet so he sprinkles that and then he sprays the vinegar and it does all its bubbles and then he lets it sit then he brushes it out and um, that's how he can clean the toilet but I do also want to mention as I did some of this is repeated in another podcast that we just recorded which is specifically about toilet training so you can check that out if you haven't yet and there's more information if you have a very young child, but from a very young age, like from the time that your child is using the toilet, if they get pee on the seat or on the step stool or on the floor, then show them to take some toilet paper and wipe it up and put it in the toilet. Obviously, as they get older, you can show them how to, you know, actually spray cleaner and clean it, clean it, but at least they can learn to wipe it. And then they're, of course, going to wash their hands. But that's a pretty easy skill to do and just to bring awareness to. A lot of times kids don't even recognize that they just peed all over the seat. You can help them out and their future teachers <laughs> by, by showing them like how easy it is just to get some toilet paper and wipe that up and throw the toilet paper in the trash, flush the toilet, wash your hands. Okay. Yep. I love it. 
if you have, you know, plants or anything like that in the bathroom, then your child could participate in watering the plants. Um, they can definitely help with like doing some safe like scrubbing of the bathtub, especially if they're in there taking a bubble bath. They can have like a little scrub, um, scrub brush and brush the sides of the tub. There's so many ways to help them participate. They can help fold the towels that get put away. Just every part of the practical life that you live in the room, you can figure out ways to have your child participate. You just have to kind of slow down and show them how. When they're really little, between, you know, up to about age six or seven, they are wanting to help. <laughs> so take advantage of that time because right. it will fade. And then, but by that point, they'll know how to do it. So then it's, it can become more of an expectation. The participation is easy to get when they're really little. So have them help you. Have them participate. Boys and girls, both. All right, yes. people. <laughs> yes. Everyone. Everyone in the house can participate. Equality is important. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks for listening. I hope you found some helpful tips. Uh, gives you some things to think about of how you can collaborate with your child in sharing space. It's time for you to hit the subscribe button, and we want to thank you for listening. See you, fan. Yeah.